0: I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. The Whistling in the Dark Podcast by Patrick Bradley. I'm pro-organization, but uh, anti-government. The difference between simple human organization and government is the use of aggressive violence across to me like you know pro wrestling some fake two-sided battle you know between people that behind scenes are friends there's an old saying in tennessee i know it's in texas probably in tennessee that says fool me once shame on shame on you If fool me we can't get fooled again hey hey what's up everybody welcome back to a new episode of the whistling in the dark podcast i am patrick bradley today is saturday january 6 2019 and this is episode 27 uh a bunch of stuff has happened since our uh last episode um I am going to try to cover a number of different topics. Uh, you know, I tend to, tend to get off on some tangents and stuff, so we'll see um, how far I get through. Uh, but here's the, here's the list I would like to talk, and I think I'm going to kind of do it in reverse order. As far as like the most recent thing, and then go backwards. um, You know, I think sometimes when uh, when I listen to a podcast, uh, you know, like I am. Well, anyway, I'm going to start with Roger Stone. Roger Stone was uh, indicted yesterday, uh, so I figure that's probably the you know the top of mind thing. Um, And the government shutdown, I believe that also. Uh, ended yesterday so there's there's lots of talk about that and the wall and nancy pelosi and airports uh there is the maga hat wearing high school kids versus the drumming indians uh there's been some talk about venezuela and um a lot of rumblings you know it's they're uh it's really talking about it like Trump and Pompeo are sort of pushing for regime change. I'm not, you know, super familiar with all that, but it definitely goes with the theme of, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about um, over the last, I don't know, six or so months. Um, it's uh, it's interesting. It's sort of a location change, you know, South America. Um I wanted to sort of talk a bit about some of the stupid things some of my friends have said on social media recently um because you know i find it's it's a little bit of uh insight into um you know how regular or just average people are interpreting um what's happening around them you know well we you know, we uh, libertarians sort of see things a certain way and it seems really obvious to us. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's just shocking when you see, you know, like somebody they used to go to high school with what they think of it. It's just, you know, it's depressing. Um, but I want to talk about it. You know, I've had uh, this I, I've been. I would say my the theme of the past week, it's been a. I think it may be a little more than a week since the my previous episode um but it has been a very uh a lot lot of mounting just frustrations at things like that just all through the week um uh if yeah and um another thing that happened uh i haven't been you know i don't really look at that gab website a whole lot uh Uh, But I did check back recently, and I do post stuff there. You can find me. um, I I normally post my episodes, at least, on Gab. So it's um, just Whistling in the Dark is the name of my Gab username uh, or account. Um, And while we're at it, you can find me on Twitter, Patrick J. Bradley on Twitter. And then on Facebook, you can also find Whistling in the Dark. Um, And, yeah, definitely reach out you know, re, re, uh, repost these episodes, um, you know, at some point, um, I, I'd say I, I've had like a slight growth, I guess, in listeners, um, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, huge. I mean, it, you know, at some point I'm gonna, gonna need to, to, uh, you know, see more, uh, more growth and um, more adoption and, you know, to keep this up. Um, but I mean, it's fun, you know, it's just time consuming. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting to, to spend this time, you know, each week or, you know, however often I do it and think about these things, definitely a bit more tied in. Um, and you know, I was looking forward to this, uh, at doing this episode because of how frustrated and annoyed I felt all week. And, you know, just the, uh, it's a bit cathartic to sort of talk about it um and so gab uh, got some i think some financial backing and payment processors so you know that that's good news uh you know we have talked a good bit about you know technology in the future and trying to decentralize things and you know the amount of corporate censorship that's been going on and you know it's nice to see um a site you know kind of continuing to uh exist and grow you know despite the the big big you know corporate powers being fully against them uh and something else that uh the last thing um and this is a big topic so i i'm not sure i may not get to it but there was a another brexit vote um for a brexit deal uh to you know, for the UK to get out of the EU. And um, I've been learning a bit more about all that. And, you know, it's it's pretty complicated. I mean, and, and to some extent, it's like very simple. Um, but, you know, as you get into it, I mean, yeah, there, there'd there be tons of, you know, different areas of people, uh, of UK life affected, you know, by, by the EU. I mean, it's... You know there's all these sort of economic rules and everything and stuff about you know uh just people living abroad and you know passports and borders and you know whatever all these different things so um yeah i'm not i'm not sure you know maybe i can kind of do just like a highlight thing i mean that's that's seven different topics so uh you know chances are um there's actually some other stuff too uh but anyway um let's start with roger stone uh he was indicted uh yesterday there was this you know a whole big theater cnn was there and they knocked on his door at like 5:50 in the morning and fbi open up uh you know Warrant or whatever, and they took him out, you know, and there was, like, like they came with, like, a full armored, like, SWAT team, you know, with rifles all over his his yard and everything like that. I mean, Roger Stone's is some, like, old dude um, that is accused of, um, I guess, lying to an FBI agent or something and witness tampering, so... That's that's what they got him for. I'm not sure why they needed, you know, to bring like an armed battalion to his door. It seems, you know, just more political theater. Uh, Like I said in my new intro, it's, you know, it's like pro wrestling. You know, it's all none of it's real. It's just, you know, it's a show. And um, so, you know, uh, this was part of my first growing frustrations this week. It's towards, you know, the end of the week was just, you know, how happy people were that this guy is is getting locked up. Um, you know, obviously, they're certain that he is guilty of whatever. Um, and, you know, um, I mean, I think at the high level, and if you listen to Dave Smith, that this is a point that, you know, he comes back to a lot, but, you know it's the bait, you know, the basic tactic is like, start an investigation, doesn't matter if there's any actual crime, you know, like in this case, there, it's about Russia and Trump, and, you know, their involvement in affecting the, you know, the elections in 2016. Um, You know, and David Smith even talks about that, it's like, is there even, I mean, even if they found everything that they're looking for, is there even a crime? Like, is it, like, where exactly is the violation of the law? Like, what law is it that says that uh, somebody campaigning can't, like, talk to people in Russia? Um, I don't know if they have information or whatever. I, I, You know, just seems, it seems weird. But even if there was, like, even if There's is something at the end of this road that if they discovered it, you know, it would be, you know, uh, uh, actual violation of the law. You know, the the point is, is that that doesn't matter. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. That's not like the you know, that's not really the, the goal. The goal is to start this investigation. Uh, and start to question people and basically try to catch people in lies. And then that's the crime, them lying. Like, even though there's no actual overarching crime, you know, it's, but if you, you know, if you lie about anything during this, you know, situate or during these investigations, or you, you know, you talk to these other witnesses, I guess it's witness tampering or whatever you know that that's all crime so it's like they just basically invent the the crimes because you know they want to see these people locked up but there was no initial crime to like set this all you know i mean to me i think it's like at the end of the day like if an investigate like all this stuff should hinge on the investigation itself bearing fruit like to me if you're investigating me for murder and you catch me in a lie somehow the FBI and they say oh well you were I I don't even know why that's illegal but I I guess it's like you're you're uh you know hurting their investigation or whatever and then you know at the end of the day they never even charged me for murder I think that that also you know this like lie or whatever should should be dropped I mean that's like obviously they can abuse that power there is no limits to them bringing investigations you know and another thing that came out was that apparently they had been investigating trump for being an actual russian spy like a like a real investigation i mean like obviously that's just like totally made up right like there's no like there's no checks and balances to them the like, FBI can just pretty much do whatever their like higher up people want, you know. Like, I mean, obviously, like the president of the United States wasn't on board with him being his him being investigated in that way, so he has no say in it. He has no say in what the FBI does. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, I mean, whether or not Roger Stone did like any of these things, I mean, I just could care less, you know, uh, I am a gigantic supporter of WikiLeaks, um, the fact, you know, these Podesta emails, uh, these are the ones, so so this, the, the, it's, it's interesting, right, like, because, again, uh, you know, we talk a lot about how the news spins this, right, so here's a New York Times um, article from yesterday, Indicting Roger Stone Mueller shows link between Trump campaign and WikiLeaks okay now remember that Roger Stone was uh, he is not part of the Trump campaign during this time. He was at one point uh, but he is definitely not uh, part of it like during this time. So, you know, that that link is like... So, they're saying a person that used to work for the Trump campaign, There is uh, they're claiming the indictment shows that he talked to WikiLeaks. I mean, you know, so who cares? Definitely not illegal. But I guess maybe he said he didn't. And then they think he did. So, then they say... But obviously, right, this is all like... The WikiLeaks thing is they're all trying to tie it to, to Russia, right? I mean, that's... It's not... About WikiLeaks. So, the special counsel Robert uh, Mueller revealed on Friday the most direct link yet between parallel efforts by the Trump campaign and WikiLeaks to damage Hillary Clinton during the 2016 election using Democratic Party material stolen by the Russians. This is a big point. Like, that is definitely not an accepted fact, right? democratic party material stolen by russians and this is the key this is like the key to it all because without tying it to right like it doesn't i mean it it's already so like loose and weird and like whatever but like so so why why do i say that right like the assumption. so new york times is stating it as fact that these podesta emails were stolen by the by russian hackers or whatever well let's take a look at let's look at what wikipedia says about it this is not wikileaks wikipedia on march 2016 the personal email account of john podesta a former white house chief of staff and chair of hillary clinton's 2016 u.s presidential campaign was compromised in a data breach and some of his emails many of which were work related were stolen Cybersecurity researchers as well as the united states government attributed responsibility to the breach which was accomplished by a spear phishing attack it's a type of um you know uh cyber attack whatever the hacking group fancy bear and Fancy Bear allegedly affiliated with Russian intelligence services. Okay, so that already right doesn't sound like it's Russia. At least, certainly Wikipedia isn't sure. They're saying uh, the government attributed it to it to Fancy Bear. What is Fancy Bear? Fancy Bear, also known as, there's a bunch of other things, Storm, Sednit, <laughs> Strontium in all caps, is a cyber espionage group of cybersecurity firm uh, that CrowdStrike, I don't know who CrowdStrike is, has said with a medium level of confidence that is associated with Russian uh, military intelligence. Uh... so uh yeah anyway it's again right so this fancy beer group which the new york times you know so there's a lot of details there right stolen by the russians not you know not so simple <laughs> but it, you know anywhere any anyway like the the main you know the main thing is and and to me like the a Like, obviously, it's all this, like, Russia stuff. But to me, like, one of the craziest things that's happened is that, like, they have somehow marginalized WikiLeaks since, um, you know, this Trump stuff, uh, since Trump's been elected or whatever. Uh, And, you know, to my understanding, there's nothing... There's not been one thing that WikiLeaks has ever put out that's been in question of authenticity. So, I mean, that yeah, I mean, that's it, right? They're on the list of like one, right? You can't say that about the New York Times, you can't say that about CNN. you can't say that about Alex Jones, you know, like there's nobody. There's no there's only one actual like group, media group, that has just been hundred percent accurate and it's WikiLeaks um and just uh rem- as far like, well, I was trying to remember like what was in the Podesta emails there was a bunch of stuff uh and uh, about the um about Hillary's talks remember she was giving those like private talks where she was bas- uh I think that's where it came from where she was basically saying like oh well you know it's you know, I say one thing, you know, I say one thing to to you guys, and then something different when I'm out in the public, you know, so she's basically just admitted to saying, like, whatever it takes, and lying to the public, but don't worry, like, I'll do the bidding of you rich people, Um, so, you know, I think that's one of the things that came out of Podesta emails, Uh, another one was her getting the questions from CNN, like, you, I mean, you talk about, like, collusion or affecting elections like they've been caught i mean it's it they're caught red handed the the emails described the question they were sent before the interview and then the questions were answered in the inner or in the debate i mean it's it's like they caught red handed and now so they did that with bernie sanders imagine if these Podesti emails had come out after debates with Trump you don't think they're giving her questions I mean you, you know like come on you know and it's so funny like it's people like they like deny it oh you know no I never did that it's like there's done no, I mean you know there's nothing that you you cannot deny this like the only way that you could deny it is to say that somebody else sent an email from your account to Hillary's account or to Podesta's account or whatever. I mean, there, there's no, and they're not claiming that, they're not saying hey, they're just saying they didn't do it, and it's like, again, WikiLeaks, like, this shit is, like, verified, you know? Uh, they got to, you know, and that doesn't matter, nobody cares, nobody cares, they don't care, like, that these emails show, like, actual transgressions, they're worried that, like, Roger Stone, like, didn't want to, like, talk about this stuff to the FBI or whatever, so anyway uh i mean i i have no idea what's gonna happen um you know with roger stone as far as like is he gonna be found guilty um you know i think like the big thing uh for stone and or you know that people are worried about is uh, is he going to um is he uh you know gonna turn on donald trump or whatever uh i was trying to also wanted to pull up who else has been indicted um does seem kind of doubtful um you know he i mean this guy's been through a a lot of stuff again not offending uh roger stone um as far as him as a person, I have no idea. There's some like I, I've yet to watch it yet, but uh, some crazy Netflix documentary on him. He goes back to like to like Nixon uh, and um, Watergate, and apparently he's like a powerlifter. He has a back tattoo of Nixon's face. He's a really odd guy. He almost I, I feel like there's some sort of like kindred spirit to to John McAfee. This uh, the security, like McAfee security, that is now a big Bitcoin guy, and I think he's back on the run. Was accused of murder, and I don't know. Anyway, uh, so I don't really know what to say as far as like what the future holds with Roger Stone. Um, you know, it's 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 pretty crazy. You know, we like if you do listen to Alex Jones at all, you actually hear Ro- Roger Stone pretty often. I mean, so this is like a dude that's just like. Again, got an anchor or whatever, a regular guest, you know, he's on Alex Jones all the time. And to get fucking locked up, man, the FBI, just stormtroopers came to his house. And, um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but it's certainly like a next level, you know, it's one thing to like kick Alex Jones off Twitter. It's another thing to like actually arrest his people, you know, people on the show or whatever. And I, I mean, I think Alex uh excuse me, uh Roger Stone is is a lot more than just, you know, an an Alex Jones guest. He's obviously has had like a career, you know, um totally independent of him. Um yeah. So anyway, I, yeah, don't know what else to say about Roger Stone or you know, I just feel like it's me just being annoyed. Um, but We will be watching that for sure. Um, So, another thing, the next thing I wanted to get to was the shutdown ending. Um, So, apparently, it was, I guess, the airports that, like, really broke uh, Trump to uh, finally... To, to finally you know capitulate or whatever so I guess basically he was saying that I will not negotiate uh, the wall you know um before like like I will basically what he said now is that we have a temporary like reprieve the government's back open and then we can negotiate this wall stuff during this temporary thing uh basically that's like the opposite of what he said in the beginning he said that you know he won't do that the government will stay shut down until he gets funding you know approved for the wall uh but you know it's it's extended and extended and you know we talked about it before i mean it's just like just two people you know he blinked basically and I believe it. you know, the airport stuff is really bad. I mean, definitely um, people, you know, losing, not getting their paychecks. But I do think that uh, across the entire country, you know, it's a pretty small percentage of people that, um, you know, receive government paychecks, federal, you know, government paychecks. Uh, but, you know, I guess the the airport stuff is really visual, you know, it affects a lot of people. Um, I, I don't know what percentage of people are, flying over the last like few weeks but um certainly a lot of people see it and hear about it on the news it makes you you know whatever so you know that's the whole thing you talk about um and there's a whole lot of talk about how pelosi you know pelosi outdid him uh you know it's just kind of like did she i mean she didn't why did he blink he blinked because of the airports she didn't do that that's just like what happens and he just didn't he didn't see it coming I guess I don't know he didn't I maybe he thought she would give in uh I mean I would say it's just you know he lost the media uh you know the media battle over this like he you know I think like I said before it's just as much a democrat problem as a republican problem like the Democrats could have easily approved the five billion dollars it's like a tenth of a percent of the budget or something you know for this thing that's usually important to the Republicans but you know they didn't so they were keeping people out of jobs just as much like they were you know so anyway i mean i don't like really, a i could i could fucking care less about who's like a good politician um but you know also i just don't really see i think that you know shit just started getting bad and i think pelosi just knew that's like hey man the media is spinning it for us you know like fucking 90 percent of like the media is all liberal so they're not gonna all they're gonna do is blame it on trump and uh and then once you know things start happening that are like more visual like the airports then you know that's going to pressure him into, into acting, and that's what happened, I don't know, um, so, uh, but, I I do think that this airport thing is kind of funny, right, like, people, like, people that are, you know, pro-government, or just normal people that aren't really thinking about it, you know, they, it's like, this shows the tangible value of the government, right, but, if you're, you know, thinking, it actually shows the opposite, right? Like this, this shows how like inept and ridiculous the government is. I mean, imagine, imagine if like, I don't know, just some private company, they were having internal debates over the budget some budget item and then they said you know the 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 like ceo was just like i'm shutting all of our money down because i want this one budget item approved and the rest of the board or like the majority of the board or whatever the people they needed these votes and they were just like nope and then just like oh well then you know now like we're gonna stop you know paying our cashiers like it's a grocery store or something like sorry you know that's it and then eventually i mean it's like it's insane right like because they're losing money by not running like they're gonna like the pressure is on so heavy you know um they're not. They're not just gonna like stop working because of some fucking stupid political infighting over well, a tenth of a percent of the budget. Allocating that, you know, there's no way. Like, there's no way. So, uh, you know, to me, it's like the opposite, right? Like, if airports were private organizations that handed, handled their own security, they would a be safer and uh because they would actually be making decisions based on like their own bottom line right they want to make it safe so people will actually want to fly into their airport you know because if they get a bad reputation people are like yo man like i'm not landing in atlanta like they like let terrorists on the plane all the time um you know, they have a very, very, very strong motivation to do security well. Uh, you know, all these airlines. Shit, I mean, each individual airline would probably have their own, like, security stuff, you know? Um, and uh, they sure as hell, you know, wouldn't be shutting down. They, you know, and uh, the people would be trained a lot better. You know, it'd probably be way less invasive. You know, they wouldn't be fucking feeling you up and whatever is happening to people giving you like radiation poisoning or whatever the hell's going on in the airports today. You know, but to most people, what we just saw is an example of why the government is so important, like as if the free market could not handle airport security if it was left to them, you know, and it's an absolute like that they're not even allowed to do it you know, it's not like they can't do it, it's the fucking government runs that shit, and then when they stop, it's just like, oh well, I guess we're screwed, like there's no other possible solution, like there's just, you know, because Nancy Pelosi, because two people that have nothing to do with airports, have n- nothing to do with airlines, none of that, they have nothing to do they have no connection to that industry they're they're talking about border security like it's just completely disconnected but because the fucking government is just just giant monster that two people fighting over this you know totally unrelated issue completely shuts down this other industry a huge industry at that, that was my big takeaway from all this shutdown stuff, you know, and I know people like, oh, we want the government shut down, you know, I mean, the main libertarian thing is like, hey, any day that the government shut down is a good day, and I get that on, on the surface, but, like, the fact is, is that, like, we don't control the narrative, and this just made it look even worse for the free market, like, it made it look like somehow that, you know, we we like it's more proof that like ah, see private companies like you know we need them to do this you know and uh so anyway um that uh that's the government shutdown thing and they are they are going to be saying like a temporary reopening or whatever uh so you know we'll see how that goes um, again like i you know i'm more concerned I, I don't care about this the wall like at all it's so low on like my interests or priority i mean the only reason that it's like something that get that i talk about or anything is because it's so high priority to you know the democrats and republicans you know um and uh you know <laughs> another funny thing is like there's already like wall built like did like Like Trump is just talking about finishing sections of the wall, you know, and like the Democrats are, you know, Pelosi is this big moral stance against it. It's like, well, how the fuck did the other parts of the wall get built? Like you've been in Congress for a while, lady. Like you obviously approve that. Why weren't you morally opposed opposed to it in the past? And all of a sudden now you are, you know, but it's like, you know, like you said, pro wrestling, it doesn't make any sense. It's all fucking made up. You know, it's just a bunch of fucking scummy, shitty people just trying to, like, fucking steal more of your shit, man. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, MAGA kids. So the the uh, students, the high school students from Covington, uh, I think it was a Covington High School or something in Kentucky. It's a Catholic high school. Uh, you're getting this now, and I know that it's kind of largely left the news cycle. Um, that's what I was saying. It's going to put this stuff maybe a little bit further back. Um, so they, uh, you know, the whole thing was when it first came out, you know, it was showed this kid smirking. Uh, kind of looking pompous or whatever, smug, while this American Indian guy was banging on a drum, you know, like inches away from his face. And the story that the mainstream media ran with, all all of them, I don't know about Fox, but everybody else, all the other ones, was that the American Indians were you know having an indigenous peoples rally which i guess is something they do like annually or something in washington dc and these kids surrounded them and were like making fun of them so this is like literally the opposite of what happened um and like it was just i mean you talk like you talk about fake news i mean this like you don't have to look any further than last week and this story to see like it's so engineered i mean it's like it's it's beyond like a lie i mean it's like a totally manufactured story that not only is a lie but i mean it's like the opposite like like in fact like the total opposite happened the story is that these kids were getting harassed that like because they were wearing a hat in support of their president the in the united states they were getting physically threatened they were getting threatened with violence by adults by the the black israelites and then also the fucking american indians also threatening them also telling them to get get out of here you don't belong here go back to europe you know all this shit that's like actually what happened and that's actually the story right if you want to make any story out of this it's like wow like fucking anti-white racism is like really at uh hitting a, a high note at least i mean i'm not saying it's at the peak because certainly they're not locking up white people we're not getting put in cages or anything like that. So there's like a long, long way that this could go. But it's at a peak as far as the history of the United States, right? This is it. Like there's never, you know, it has never been like this that like, you know, uh white high school kids uh can't walk around in the state in the uh nation's capital without getting harassed. So and if you don't know uh what happened, that so there's apparently there is actually two hours of video, not the like 10-15 seconds that you know CNN and MSNBC and everybody showed. There's actually two hours of video, a lot of it shot by the black Israelites, um, where they're t- just fucking, you know, calling them cracker, you know, just threatening them. And I uh I I didn't hear this, <coughs> but apparently at some point they like call uh the kids like faggots and the kids are like whoa man and uh Dave Smith was talking about that it's pretty funny that like you know Dave Smith's whole point was like you know, like the left, like you guys are winning, man. Like you have these like very conservative kids showing up to a pro-life rally. That's another part of this, right? Like these, it's not like these kids showed up to a native American or a black Israelites rally and then started fucking getting all buck and getting crazy and yelling at them. They were at a pro-life rally, you know, an anti-abortion rally. And, um, you know and 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 all this stuff went down and like so these kids are like pretty conservative you know catholic christian people totally against abortion you know all this stuff and like these black israelites are calling them dusty ass crackers and threatening them you know with violence but then they say something like you know slur uh against gays and like even these kids were just like whoa man like that's not cool you know and it's like a real honest reaction extra like you can see they're just like whoa you know like that's the thing not being called dusty ass cracker not getting threatened with violence you know and um anyway so it's pretty funny ed uh that you know that that it's i don't know That this whole thing is, like, turned around. I mean, it's just... So, this is another... This is a big part of the the annoyance, the growing frustrations of the week. You know, the Roger Stone thing of, like, no crime being committed yet. Them keep them... You know, another person they indict over a non-crime of just, you know, lying inside of an investigation of a non-crime. The shutdown, how it's all spun, like... Uh, you know, how how somehow, even though it's a complete failure of the government and centralized planning, uh, you know, it still looks bad for the free market somehow. And then this stuff, this was, you know, just fucking ridiculous, man. You know, it's just like children and being threatened by adult men, you know. So anyway, the, the video shows like these black Israelites yelling all this stuff a friend of mine made i i wasn't really too aware of them but the black israelites uh yeah, a buddy of mine compared he's he's like they're they're fucking insane man he's like they're like westboro baptist kind of like crazy you know so anyway so that's like like they're yelling and threatening these kids and like the kids are just like kind of laughing or whatever and then like um and they're they're sort of they're hanging around. I mean, the kids don't leave, but like, who fucking cares, right? Like, it's so they didn't leave. They're just they're just there. Uh, and um, and then the kids start like chanting like school songs or something like whatever. And um, and at some point then, like, I guess that was like their response or whatever. And at some point, uh, then the uh, that's when these like American Indians come over. So you have three, like, totally unrelated groups, right? And uh, the American Indian guy's coming over, he's banging a drum, and and they just sort of, like, come in. And, like, you know, like, it's a total lie like and apparently like this guy that was like made famous this indian the main the front guy with the drum and apparently this guy's just fucking lying right he's like made this up like he's saying that they like went and surrounded him and he was trying to defuse the situation and it's like dude just watch the video like it's not what happened this dude's fucking escalating it this guy is now getting involved and the indians are now yelling shit at the kids and you can see like when they first come over and they're drumming like the kids don't even like they start, like, joining in, I mean, they don't know what's going on, you know, they, they're they like, I, I, I would assume that they're pretty confused, but, like, I don't know, this dudes over here banging a drum, and we're chanting, and so they start kind of chanting with the beat and everything, and, like, you know, and at some point, you can see that, like, they start to recognize, uh, you know, and, and um anyway like the whole thing is like the kid you know the the main kid in the front it's like the fact that this dude is demonized is just like insane like he literally handled it perfectly he sat there he stood his ground he you know he was sort of smiling he didn't know what was going on at some point you can see him stop smiling as he starts to hear the shit that the fucking indians are saying and then uh even it gets to the point it's like at one point some guy in the uh, in the Covington group starts to say something back you know start kind of getting angry or whatever and the smirking kid who's not smirking anymore tells him like well like just kind of shuts it down just says like hey you know it's not cool or whatever like don't say anything you know just don't say anything and it's like oh he did everything perfect like how can you like what is there to hate like where exactly is the white privilege in this you know what i mean like it's just some fucking kids just walking around getting harassed by adults by adult men you know by a fucking army vet you know but like it's his fault and so and you know as usual right the lie gets all of the media attention and then the tiny little apologies, you know, like it's like the uh, that chick Se cup that, you know, Dave always talks about I used to be on a show and Dave Smith used to be on there. You know, she does a whole fucking section of her show on it just vilifying these kids I mean just you know telling them that they're raised badly you know the school's bad oh like what are they how it doesn't make any sense what they're doing she's claiming they said build the wall again go through the two-hour video did they ever say build the wall and who fucking cares if they said it like they're not saying fucking violent shit towards these people like these people are inside of the country right so if you built the wall they would be protected by the wall you know it's like what are you, you know what i mean like they're not even saying violent shit but she says all this stuff and then when she finds out it's not true she tweets an apology right so fucking millions of people see on her show all the lies and how many fucking people follow this retard se cup on twitter right nobody because she's a fucking idiot right and uh you know i know i know dave smith always has to be you know nice to her because she like gave him a break and he hopes that he can get on her show again or whatever um well, she has a lot. She's 400,000 followers. Uh, but still, you know, how many of those followers like I actually see all her shit, you know, compared to what <clears throat> you know, compared to what happens when when she does her her like fucking daily show. So, yeah, man, it was pretty bad. There was um there was one thing I wanted to say uh about this i saw this other um yeah 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 here here it is so there was an article after after all this uh after all this happened right all this has come out now and this person father edward beck i guess he's a catholic priest or something he, he writes a fucking cnn article called maga hats don't belong on a catholic school trip In a recent tweet of mine that went viral, I made three simple points about the now infamous Covington boys incident in Washington, D.C., right? And, of course, this is before, right? This is when the only thing that you saw was the, you know, smirk and standing there looking at an Indian guy. One, the boys acted inappropriately. Two, chaperones should have intervened. Three, the boys should not have been permitted to wear MAGA hats if they were representing the school. So that's what this fucking retard tweeted i welcome this opportunity to expound on these comments in more than the 280 characters that twitter allows respect for our elders is no longer in vogue too often young people are encouraged to speak their own minds indiscriminately even when not fully developed or sufficiently imbued with the capacity for right judgment the result of such ill advice is on display in the now infamous covington catholic high school incident washington dc again how you could possibly have that conclusion if you watch the full video is beyond me I mean it's that's insane these people are being these kids are being harassed and threatened by fucking adults by a lot of adults you know by two separate groups like respect your elder I don't give a fuck there's no respect my elder if you're physically threatening me like, I don't care how what age you are, and I don't care what race you are, you know? Like, I'm not respecting you. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess I try to do the, like, Jesus Christ thing and turn the other cheek or whatever, you know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm going to lash out with violence unless you really, you know, actually do violence. But, like, threatening me with violence is not going to engender respect. Someone suggested that a full viewing available video of the incident shows the students were not the aggressors. So what? What like aggressors are what? Like they weren't the aggressors because they did nothing aggressive at all. That doesn't it doesn't matter who moved toward whom first it doesn't matter who provoked the incident it doesn't matter that some adults may have acted poorly may calling these kids dusty ass crackers and threatening to fuck violence on them that may be acting poorly like get the fuck out of here what like what the fuck is this dude talking about he's a fucking priest yeah okay great so what like what like in what like universe does it not matter who moved towards whom first? They they didn't move. Like it's not who moved towards whom first. There is only one group <coughs> that moved towards another. It's not about first. It's the only movement that occurred. What seems clear to me, rather than stand their adolescent ground in a confrontational and seemingly mocking way, the boys should have simply turned away. Okay, right. So he's, al- he's already inconsistent. So he's not saying it's not about who moved towards whom first. He's saying these kids should have just retreated. These children should have retreated from the adults. In fact, in his exclusive interview, Nick Sandman, the student who went face-to-face with Nathan Phillips, He didn't go face-to-face. Nathan Phillips got in his face. In hindsight, I wish he could have walked away and avoided the whole thing. Sure. That would have been better. But again, it's a 16-year-old kid and a grown man. What? Why? Like, and this brings me to, like, one of my, like, really, really fundamental problems I have with all this shit, right? Is the standard is you know people talk about like being racist and stuff but that in in hidden inside of that is such a fundamental level of racism like it's just core it's so close to their face it's it's like it is their eyes they it's so close they cannot even understand they can't see how they're racist this guy right Father Edward Beck, he cannot see how racist he is because he's saying that, yeah, these black, uh, you know, uh, the black Israelites, or this Indian Nathan Phillips, right? That 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 the Nick Sandman, the 16-year-old student, white student. He should have retreated. He should have turned and went away while the Indian Nathan Phillips was, uh, you know, going after him. So, like, just, like, see how, like, unequal that is. Like, Like, basically what you're saying is, like, look, like, we can't expect... Other people, other races, like we don't hold we don't hold uh American Indians to that standard. It's okay for them to aggress against a child. It's okay for them to like get in a kid's face and be aggressive. And but because you're white, like we're you know, we just yeah, man, just like turn and walk away. And it is good advice. It's good advice for everybody, but it's also good advice for Nathan Phillips the american indian in this uh situation right like why is it not part of the the discussion like why is there no questioning of his actions or no questioning of the black israelites uh actions right because they're fucking racist man they're racist at such like a core value that they just have like rock bottom expectations and that's what i've always always felt and this goes to on the like the whole liberal side it's like they just don't see it that way like they they just don't get that it's like you are demeaning to like minorities to uh, particularly black people you know i mean this american indian thing this is a but it just shows it's the same idea right but you're so demeaning and your expectations are so low and like when you have like these just just no i mean no expectations for another person you just expect them to be shitty like it starts to become self-fulfilling like you just you know any little thing like you know anything they do it's like ah whatever man like they're just fucking shitty like that's what we expect you know but you right like Uh, you know, that's like, that's like how, you know, how, how you raised, right? Like that's how you like raise a, a, a child to be like good, right? Like you have high expectations. Like at the end of the day, it's like, look, I don't care what these other kids are doing. That's not my fucking problem. Like I'm worried about what you're doing. And in our family, we have high standards. Like we have a certain expectation for your behavior and you Like, fell below that. Like, this priest has like uh, sky high expectations for the kids' behavior, and he has none. Like, he doesn't fucking care. He does, is like, whatever, man. Like, it doesn't matter. These American Indians, they're going to get in your face and they're going to be banging drums and they're going to be telling you to get the fuck out of America and go back to Europe you know and these black israelites are going to threaten you with violence call you know throw out homophobic slurs at you and you know racial slurs and all this shit we don't fucking care because we don't have any high we got that's what they do and that's what this fucking priest you know that's what's in this fucking dude's head like he's the racist you know anyway and the, i don't know the maga hats like who fucking cares it's uh the Ma- make america great slogan has become political code for an agenda that is often in opposition with the teaching of the roman catholic church whatever who fucking cares what the roman catholic church thinks they're fucking like the most fucking rapey organization in like the history of the world these fucking pieces of shit just fucking pieces of shit this guy father edward beck what a fucking piece of shit you know god this shit really fucking annoyed me man like the whole thing annoyed me and like i you know i get it and it's like again the expectations right i expect cnn to just be lying you know pile of feces right like i expect them to just like make up whatever narrative to try to like cut video the way they're find a picture that just like fits anything they can do to like you know kind of make an anti-trump narrative and uh you know so it's my expectation and i guess that this you know hearing like a, a i guess this guy's like actually a uh you know priest you know say this stuff uh, is uh, it's just fucking ridiculous, you know. And like, you know, I don't know. This guy's probably a piece of shit. What are the odds that this dude hasn't like fondled a fucking little boy, you know? Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, that I think is where I am gonna leave the Maga kids, uh, versus the Indians discussion. Um, you know, we're about an hour in and I have these other topics. There's no way I'm doing this Brexit thing. It is, uh, yeah, it's, it is, uh, it's way too, too in depth. Um, wait, it, I don't know of any way to get too quickly through it. And maybe I, briefly mention some stuff but um we could talk real quickly about venezuela this is at least not along that same just like ultra frustrating annoying stuff this is back to usual anti-war shit um so this was on antiwar.com u.s intensifies anti-maduro push trump says Quote, unquote, all options are on the table. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo will be heading to the U.N. Security Council Saturday with a very clear agenda, trying to sell the 15 members uh, on recognizing Juan uh, Guaido as Venezuela's president instead of Nicolas Maduro. This is unlikely to happen uniformly, as Russia and China have already expressed support for Maduro. This is part of an ever-escalating Trump administration plan to try to sell the world... On Venezuela regime regime change, some U.S. allies on board, but there are still some countries that are not. It's to the point where President Trump says all options are on the table against Maduro, with the immediate focus being some way to divert Venezuela's money from oil exports to Guaido instead of the Maduro government. John Bolton was settling uh, was setting that out as a priority earlier this week. Though he conceded the officials weren't clear yet uh, how that would be accomplished. Citgo is Venezuela's main foreign energy asset is already gearing up for a fight, envisioning attempts at the company being taken over on behalf of Guaido government. Otherwise, trying to hijack the revenue system before it gets back to Venezuela. Uh, Anyway, I don't really know, you know, much of the details, but apparently, you know, does sound like some pretty serious talk happening i know venezuela has been like a complete shit show for a while so uh i guess you know keep keep an eye on that um i uh yeah we'll we will keep an eye on that as as uh time goes on and um yeah i i the, the only thing that comes to mind with that was just thinking that like it seems and i could be totally wrong but it seems like like venezuela is sort of a shit show on its own <clears throat> like there really is like problems happening there um that doesn't certainly doesn't mean that that um you know the u.s should be like jumping in and getting involved uh but it it's uh you know, it seems a little bit different than us just like attacking. You know, these other countries. I, I guess I'm just not. I'm not sure that like the CIA has like fomented that revolution. I think it was actually like more of like a collapse, economic collapse. So, uh, another article I wanted to talk about was the Gabs, the GAB network uh social network getting some payment processing so free speech social network gab has secured a new payment processor following its blacklisting for major payment services including PayPal and Stripe which left ex- which left accepting mailed payments the site's only recourse. Wow so yeah Gab was reduced to just getting checks in the mail. Uh so gab announced a new payment processor in a statement on tuesday gab.com operates on one rule if political speech is legal in the united states that speech is allowed on gab the company declared i and i think that that's awesome i know that like gab is accused of being this like alt right haven or whatever but like i that's like that's like all you know that's all you want right you don't want like further censorship than what the government would censor i mean i guess you can make communities you know but like when you have these communities like twitter and facebook and youtube that are like billed as just like the general public everybody you know everybody's in you know and then you start slicing out one specific political you know ideology you know that sucks um Anyway, uh, they further said companies like Google, Apple, Microsoft, Twitter, Netflix, Patreon, Square, and Stripe disagree with this proposition and believe not only that it is morally correct to dictate to Internet users what opinions we are and are not allowed to hold, but that it is morally correct to deplatform platform any company that disagrees with the California consensus and actively suppresses opinions as well as the people who express them where their users' beliefs don't accord with corporate interests." the only thing censorship accomplishes is the elimination of reasoned argument and self-sorting into filter bubbles accordingly gab does not censor controversial opinions that are protected by the first amendment and never will gab continued people everywhere are waking up to the significant danger of allowing banks and large technology companies to police their opinions and what they are and are not allowed to see companies like our own like our dns Hosting provider Epic.com and our new payment processor Second Amendment Processing recognize both the danger of cow kowtow- kow- to online mobs and the significant upside potential of serving as the backbone of the free and open internet. Gab concluded, "We are immensely pleased to be working with the Second Amendment Processing a company that recognizes that freedom of speech is not." A means to an end, but an end unto itself, and we recommend Second Amendment processing to any company with difficulty securing payment processing services for political reasons. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I like uh, that's actually I was wondering about this. So Second Amendment processing—that's that's that's right in your face, huh? So that's um, yeah that's that's what's going on with gab so things look pretty good right so now there is a dns provider um that and a payment processor that is like you know libertarians and conservatives and stuff can use um so that's cool i don't know if they're sitting on top of some other technology that then second amendment processor can get taken down but uh as to now you know it's pretty um you know it's pretty good so that's what i wanted to say about gab and again you can you should join gab and you can find me on gab as whistling in the dark and i always post uh i post the episodes there um one thing i wanted to say you know um about uh so those kids i I forgot to say this but the MAGA kids were there you know for this uh you know pro-life rally or whatever and somebody posted this and this was from 2014 um and it's it's abortion ratios by women, uh, age and consent, and resident and county. Okay, so it's basically the number of abortions per 1,000 live births. So if the number was 1,000, that would mean for every baby born, there's a baby aborted. Um, in the entire state of New York... The average is 392. So for every uh, like 10 births, there are four abortions. Um, in New York City, that number is 543. And it gets as high as in the Bronx. The There are 770 abortions. For every 1,000 live births. Um, that's fucking outrageous, man. And man, yeah, it's crazy. And if you're under 24, the number is over 1,000. It gets way over, I mean, obviously young young kids. But I mean, I think that that probably makes, probably pretty normal young kids are having more abortions than live births um but man I you know I, I don't have a lot to say I, I've always been sort of like light uh on the whole abortion topic I've just you know sort of saw it as man it it's heavy and it's important and I just don't really know how to get further than just like my opinion or you know how I feel my personal life you know um you know personally uh, but you know, I'm in a lot different situation. I'm I'm 41 years old, and you know, if if uh, I mean, if if I was with a girl and we had an unplanned pregnancy, I mean, even we're not in a relationship or anything at all, you know, like I would not want the child to be aborted. Um, but it, you know, and I don't, uh, and I'm always bummed out when I hear about. Somebody having an abortion and people you know, people are like fucked up for the rest of their life from that. Um, you know, and the, the child is dead, you know, on top of it. So uh, you know, I mean that's kind of my personal opinion, but like people that are really like pro uh, you know, pro choice or whatever, I mean I you know, I'm I'm not really like trying to argue that they're wrong. I just you know, but when you see numbers like that, I mean seven you know, fucking so that means like, you know, almost eight abortions for every, you know, it's, I mean, you're, you're getting near like one-to-one, like almost like every other child is fucking aborted in the Bronx. And I don't know, man, it's, it's pretty intense, but um, you know, this little, uh, just a little tangent there. Uh, so we're, I would do want to wrap it up soon. And so I just, you know, maybe we'll just hit like a real quick uh, highlights about this Brexit stuff. Um, so let me just get to the right page I wanted to be on. Um, so there was a. So basically, you know, there was a. Um, a like full on like national vote, I guess, that where the um, um the popular vote in the UK was that they wanted to leave the European Union. And I do not recur exactly I don't remember when that exactly happened, but it was definitely a little while ago. I mean, that Brexit vote, you know. So since then it you know it's like okay well now like that decision is made but like how do we actually do it you know and apparently there's something called article 50 in the eu uh comes from the libson treaty whatever that is and so uh essentially once you in you you can invoke as a member nation article 50 uh which then starts a two-year timer and when that timer ends you are out but it's basically a 2 year uh time period to like negotiate um what happens uh, how you leave you know what's it you know the the deal the leaving deal and one of my questions and so maybe you guys will have this and i you know I will only have partial answer but i'm growing in in the understanding i guess it was kind of like what is the deal you know what what do you what are you negotiating it just seems like okay i'm out you know so what what happens now uh you know one of the like there's lots of stuff right so there are uk there's like you know a few million uk citizens in other eu countries living there right now and then there are a bunch of other eu citizens from other eu member nations that are living in the uk and so part of the you know negotiations or the deal has to be like well what what happens to them the day this is up like you know what about our passports or what about driving cars like across state lines or you know these country lines like now you're now you're leaving the eu you know you're not just like leaving uh you know uh one member nation to another one um So that's like the kind of stuff uh, there's supposedly like money owed by the UK. They pay X amount of dollars, you know, every year into the fund. So I'm sure that's a big part of it. Um, There is a big thing about a border uh, with Ireland. And uh, so that's, you know, that's like a big deal. Like, uh, then um you know like northern ireland has obviously been like you know weird shit there and i guess now like this border will be an eu and uk border so there's that um i don't know so there's like various different things i'm, I'm not sure if like other stuff like trade deals or monetary policy or like any of that is discussed i would imagine it could be on the table uh, i haven't really heard much about it um but anyway so March 29th, 2017, uh, which just so happens to be, had been my 40th birthday, uh, they triggered or whatever invoked article 50. So on Friday, March 29th of this year, um, you know, like two months, the, if nothing happens, the UK is out. The UK is out of the EU If no deal is met, it's just, like, as if, like, they were never in there. Uh, And I guess, like, there's a lot, there's, like, you know, a lot of confusion. So I was, like, looking over, there's a BBC article. It's really long. There's all these different, you know, when is the uk due to leave the eu Uh, so is brexit definitely happening and so then there they talk about well they could extend there's like you can actually extend this deadline um i guess there you know could it could be delayed uh another you know um one of the the and so i guess like the last thing that got voted down the big problem is that like i guess it was like open-ended so essentially was like EU, uh, the UK would leave the EU, and um, but, like, the actual terms of leaving and when they wouldn't be subject to, like, the EU laws, that would be, like, sort of indefinite when they would actually be out from under the EU's, like, authority, but they would no longer be able to, like, vote or anything. So they wouldn't be a voting part of the EU, but they would be, like, subject to, like, EU regulations, uh and so people are basically saying like well this would essentially make us this like a vassal state like that we are we have no vote but yet we have to follow the laws of the eu um so and there was no defined ending to that period it was just like while we work out the details of the exit you know so that could just go on forever um Oh, and another another big thing, of, like, a big part of this whole Brexit thing had to do with immigration and basically how, like, the EU has been, like, I, I guess, like, the, you know, the accusations or whatever is that they were, like, just opening the borders. You know, it's very similar, right, to here, but it's, it's about this, like, border stuff, except their immigrants, I guess, are, like, more coming from, like, these Middle Eastern company countries and, uh, you know, the UK residents, uh, uh, at least... Uh, large portion of them uh don't like that and they want control over their own immigration policy and they want to slow down immigration you know from foreign uh foreign countries um so anyway uh i could i can link to this article as it is a is a long um it's actually pretty it's pretty interesting um so that's does get little repeated like some of the stuff i feel like i'm not sure if this is like written by multiple people um but you know it does i i don't know my my guess would be they're not going to figure anything out and march 29th is going to come around and they're gonna do the eu extension thing i guess that article 50 allows that that'd be my that'd be my prediction um but i don't think that that's like a long-term thing but i, I just don't see otherwise like what they're gonna figure out uh, but there's certainly like a lot of you know uh obviously the people that like don't want to leave the eu there's a lot of uh panic and you know oh it'll be chaos at the border you know it's like well i mean for most of the history of the uk the eu wasn't there and they somehow managed these borders you know i mean they'll figure it out and they and, and you know to me like to me it's like the obvious prediction is that the uk eventually if they get out if they really do get out of the eu it's going to be good for their economy and that is not the popular opinion the popular opinion is that this is going to be bad for the uk economy but to me right why do you want a super government over your government like it just adds inefficiency right like there, there's no, you know, any way you look at it. If you're looking at it from the Austrianist perspective, like you don't have to really get that in close. It's just pretty clear, right? Like less government is going to be more freedom, and it's going to be, you know, less regulations that the UK uh, businesses are going to have to deal with. You know, lower taxes; they'll get to keep more of their money. You know, it's just gonna be it. It's gonna be easier, I, and uh, they're not now. And their bank then issues, you know, their money. And like obviously, like a central bank sucks. But like when you have a whole giant central bank, you know, over the entire EU versus a central bank only over the UK, it's better, right? You want it closer to the individual as possible. Um, so you know, I think um, I think it's gonna be good for them uh, for, for like regular people in the UK. Uh, but I don't know if they're actually going to get it. That would seem surprising, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, hit, hit all the, uh, I did hit all the topics. I didn't get into my stupid friends on social media. Uh, but I'll leave you with this quote. You aren't poor because another poor person came to your country. You're poor because rich people exploit your labor. Uh, That's just some dumb idiot um, that I am friends with in the real world. And so I'm also friends with her on Facebook. But, you know, uh, exploitation of labor. Total nonsense. So anyway, uh, I will hopefully get a, uh, you know, trying to get back to a little more frequency. I believe this is just my third episode of 2019. Um, so, you know, not quite the frequency that I want, um, but I, uh, feel like I'm getting back into it and definitely this last week or so, I felt like a lot more sort of like tied in throughout the week and hearing, you know, taking notes, saving links, reading articles, watching stuff and, um, just getting the juices flowing again. So I will, uh, I'll keep, I'll keep it up and, uh, until next time, take it easy.